Remember the dawn of the pandemic, when our lives were filled with nonstop fear and uncertainty? But amidst all the terror and loss, many of us might remember the joy that came from the little web show, Some Good News, produced by John Krasinski. We know it's rough out there, but we could all use some good news of our own from time to time. And that's why the GLG is looking to connect with our listenership by passing the mic to members of our PLN who, even now, are finding ongoing joy in their work. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Grounded Learners Guild, the podcast that gets real about education, authentic leadership, and the transcendent power of being a part of a highly functioning team. Here are your hosts, Casey Veach, Emily Coakland, and me, Jenny Labrie. Welcome back to the final iteration of our Talk Nerdy to Me series. Our work here has been to meet with some people with some considerable joy that they're finding in their instructional practice or in their professional lives and to help them share that joy with our listenership. And really the intention with this series has simply been in a world that sometimes does feel really, really dark and can go negative. We are pleased and privileged to bring you some positivity and joy straight to your ears. So the next guest joining us to let their nerd flag fly is actually somebody who has their feet firmly planted in the education world. This is a teacher with close to 20 years of experience in teaching elementary students. And more importantly, this person is my older sister, Katie Gabor. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on. Again, my name is Katie Gabor. I have been teaching fifth grade since 2005. I taught fourth grade in a different district for three years before that. So I've spent my career in upper elementary and I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for your service. My pleasure. You're talking to all secondary folks here. (laughs) Well, thank you for your service. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. I find it really entertaining how that kind of exchange happens. Depending on what level we teach, we all are just like, oh, I could never do that. I could never teach middle or I could never teach high. It's all the same. I found that my high schoolers were like our eighth graders. And it's just really fun how that works. We all have our own niche. Yes. We have to throw this out here right here and now, especially for our listeners, because already both Emily and Katie have giggled and I am having trouble even telling them apart myself with seeing you guys on the screen. So our listeners, you are going to hear if there is any giggling here. Maybe take a guess. Which one is it? Is it Emily or is it Katie? It's almost like they have twin laughs. Our own parents couldn't tell us apart on the phone. They'd be like, which one am I talking to often? So no judgment for anyone who gets us confused. Yes. Listeners, our apologies in advance. We know we have darn near identical voices. So we'll try to do our best to use names. Otherwise, you've got an extra little game in this episode. Who is talking uh, that everybody gets to play? So Katie, I get the privilege of introducing the very first question to you. And it really is just a sentence stem. To me, meaning you, joy is what? For me, joy is something that energizes me, something that It's a labor of love, but ultimately at the end of the day feels replenishing, you know, because of how you feel about what you're doing to really talk nerdy to you. I could also call it a homeostatic balance of excitement and satisfaction because it's not just having a good day in what I'm doing, but I'm expecting that I'm in generally 
going to be feeling happy and content in what I'm doing, but I'm also excited for the ways that it changes and the ways that it moves forward. So it's kind of a, a fun balance of looking forward to what's ahead and also being really happy with what's in the moment. Dang, I really like that's deep. <laughs> I like that. I love the present and the future tense right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just the I use absolutely. of homeostatic balance. I think that's an interesting thing that you bring in balance talking about joy because that's really probably similar to how I would describe it. So let's keep comparing me and my sister to each other. Yes. <laughs> that's a mega word. Like I'm I'm thinking back to the cephalopod vocabulary <laughs> word. Like we're just learning all sorts of new vocab again. <laughs> she came prepared. The other thing I loved too about your definition is we've had a, one or two other guests mention that same concept before of joy is energizing. Like I'll be honest, before we got on tonight, I was feeling a little drab and then all of a sudden was laughing with you all when it came to trying to figure out our technical issues. And so, yeah, I mean, things that are joyous and joyful really do re-energize. For sure. And the comment of love what you do and you never work a day in your life. I mean, really, I feel like that's true. You know, obviously teaching definitely does feel like work many instances, but if you're involved in a project or a venture that you're really passionate about, you can kind of just lose yourself in the time because you're so excited and focused on what you're doing. 100%. All right. So moving on to the next question, Kate. What is the thing that you're doing in your work life that brings you the most joy? This year, I am piloting blended learning and I'm using, you know, I know there's uh, many ways to interpret or include blended learning in your classroom, but I'm doing more of a small group station rotation type thing with my students. We have integrated units that include the content areas of science and social studies. We have meaningful and fun choice projects going on um, and activities that the students have gotten really excited about. And, you know, all that stuff just makes me feel even more excited and want to continue growing and learning and creating myself to keep up with that desire and demand and keep that level of energy and enthusiasm high in my classroom. It's also involved a lot of collaboration with co-teachers. I'm doing co-teaching with the ML teacher and the special education teacher where they're working in my classroom. So it involves a lot of frequent contact and, and talking about common goals and shared students. And I have a really, really awesome, brilliant teaching assistant with me this year that is also taking groups and working. And I, I have some two other teachers at my school that are also piloting blended learning. And I've continue to learn a lot from them in our conversations, comparing notes about what we're doing. So it's really fun to be in the thick of it and also in a way building the airplane as you're flying it, but in a good way where I'm continuing to learn as I go and I'm continuing to make adjustments and grow in my knowledge and also looking forward to what's ahead and how I will continue to make this the best fit possible for not only my teaching style, but most importantly, my students' needs. Katie, what I really love about what you're talking about is in the intro, we talked about this is not your first rodeo. You've been doing this for a while. And yet here you are talking about infusing in and being responsive to your students' needs, this idea of blended learning and this is a journey towards learning new knowledge and skills in your instructional practice. While you're still a very seasoned teacher who has the expertise level to be there for your kids and instruct in many different ways, what is it that 
led you into that blended learning? Because especially you and I can bond over that because blended learning is just one of my passions as well. And the other thing we have in common is the car ride coaching we get from your sister, M. So um, you could touch on that maybe or something else, but really, how do you grow your knowledge and skills in this area of blended learning? Why did you even turn to that as something that you felt like worth your time for you and for your students? Well, I had attended a district blended learning training some years back, and I'll be honest, there were so many good ideas, but it felt a little overwhelming and abstract to me. And also the pandemic created a new opportunity for my district because we were not one-to-one with devices at the elementary level prior to that. So the pandemic really, the double-edged sword of having to do online learning is now every student was given access to a device. So For me, that really was an exciting opportunity to continue growing in my ability to use tech tools to supplement their learning and then ultimately move to a place where I could use that to deepen their learning and provide even better experiences. I work in a district that does offer a lot of freedom and autonomy for teachers to take the content and the standards and and teach them in a way that works for their students. And the administration at my school is really supportive and really always excited about teachers trying new things. And it's a very safe place to learn and grow and fail and learn from mistakes and keep learning and growing again. So to me, that felt like a really great chance to take this part of my career and say, okay, the pandemic was really challenging, but some good things came from it too. And I don't want to throw out the milk with the malort, so to speak. And I really want to make sure that there are some good things that came of this. And I want to use these as tools and I want to help become the best teacher I can be with the new tools that I have in place and use that technology and use those tools. So I I felt like I was ready. I felt like it was time to do that. And the hybrid model that we were doing when we had gone back in person forced the issue of me looking at how I can do more asynchronous work and more digital activities. And I fell in love with it. And I was really excited this year to continue expanding upon that. And now virtually my whole day is done in a blended learning format. And I really love it. I have to give you bonus points for mentioning a previous episode in your response. You are the first guest that's ever done that. Usually we give each other (laughs) in the guild points for doing that. So well done. And second, when you're talking about the asynchronous and blended formatting that you're starting to shift and transition into, a lot of times what we hear at the elementary level is screen time concerns, or it's better for kids to be off of that. What are you doing to balance? Because blended learning, by definition, is blending the in-person formatting with some of the asynchronous and playlist type activities. What are you doing right now that's working for you well? Small groups have really helped me with that. And when my students are working in a small group and being seen in a small group, First of all, they're being seen frequently in small groups throughout the day, two or three times a day by either me or maybe the assistant or the ML teacher or the special education teacher. They're not just servicing their own students, but they may be servicing some of their students and some others. So really that COTOT model allows them to get a lot more face time with a teacher and a small group of peers. And in that small group is really where the non-digital component is really prioritized. So I really focus on that SEL connection, a lot of discussions. That's where we'll do novel studies or 
small group lessons in math using manipulatives and whiteboards and talking about strategies. And, and really, I have found that the best thing is not using all of one thing, because like you said, blended learning is by its simplest definition, a combination of the two. So I can't just have them on a computer all day long, but I also now knowing what I know about the wonderful ed tech tools out there, I can't turn my back on some of these amazing things I've discovered and watching the students' interests and motivation come alive with access to those tools. That's fantastic. And I feel like your response there, that closing part really ties into my next question. So I'm going to rephrase this question a little bit. Okay. Let's say, because you had mentioned you're in a pilot, you're piloting blended learning in your elementary classroom. What if someone came to you and said, hey, the pilot, we're going to do something different next year. How would you advocate to continue the program and utilizing this blended learning strategy in your instruction? Well, I, first of all, would definitely say that blended learning is a stake in the ground for me. I mean, now that I have learned more about it and really gone into it to the level that I have this year, I would definitely fight tooth and nail for it. As I've learned in my professional book studies and other things I've done to more familiarize myself with the educational philosophy behind it is that it can look so different depending on the teacher, depending on the student grade level, depending on the subject, depending on student abilities, student interests. So really there's something for everyone there. And ultimately the heart of it is allowing yourself to be able to use the best 21st century tools available and also still keep the best components of face-to-face, old school, if you will, education in terms of connecting with each other, paper, pencil, books, all of those things are very, very valuable. And there's a place at the table for all of those tools. And you can tweak blended learning to make it work for you. Blended learning for me will likely look very different next year because I will have a new group of students. And once again, in order to be a good educator, you have to pivot to where your students are and meet their needs. So I also may have not as much co-taught support depending on the students on my caseload. And that's perfectly fine because then I will, again, have to make some adjustments and I will find a new way to make it work. So I would say to people that blended learning, you can definitely tweak it and make it work for you. And ultimately, by making it work for you, you're really making it work for your students. That's so true, Katie. And another thing that I wanted to touch on off of what you just said there is a lot of times we think about what's right in front of us with the technology. And that's something that really allows us to layer in a variety of learning activities all at once. And really what I like to point out there is the point about how you utilize time. You're thinking about time differently. The way that you are structuring your lesson design is so much different. It's not about the tech tool or it's not one is better over the other. All of that stuff helps you layer it in such a way that we have never been able to do before in education. So we can redefine time in such a way that we've never been able to do before. So when you hear educators say, I don't have time, it is a reality for all of us. When we think about what blended learning can offer us is redefining that time in such a way that you can maximize it and your minutes look different than they've ever looked before. If we start thinking chronologically and we start thinking how it layers upon itself, Mm -hmm. that's when the magic happens. 
100%. And I also think that can, is one of the things that can feel daunting about blended learning when you're first starting is you're having to figure out, you know, based on your subject and your students, how it works for you. And that, among other things, is where I can absolutely give all the credit in the world to my favorite coach and BFF, my sister, Emily, because many a morning in our car rides to our respective teaching locations were spent talking about the logistics and talking about how I can use time differently and how I can basically look at my school day and even in every subject in a different way. And really blended learning, I feel, is more of a state of mind than an actual teaching style because there's so much to it that really once you have that blended learning state of mind and you really look at a new unit or a new activity through that lens, it's hard to unsee it once you've started really thinking about ways to do it. And you have a lot of opportunities to make it as meaningful as possible. And ultimately at the end, you know, you maximize your time in doing so. And I think Katie, you just came up with our most recent hashtag blended learning state of mind. Love yes. that. Love that. New merch, new merch. <laughs> <laughs> I have been sitting here, Kate, processing everything that you're saying, everything from amplifying your reach as a teacher to allow you to work in small groups because you're utilizing station rotation and your students are able to work through learning at their own pace. But also I think kudos, right? Because I think, believe you mentioned that you have an integrated classroom and an integrated model where lots of subject areas may be layering together. And I can understand from an elementary teaching perspective, like you've got all six subjects that you're responsible for. And so it's amazing to hear that you're allowed that flexibility to use that integrated model, because then you really are able to work smarter and not necessarily harder because you have that flexibility. So we'll probably ask you this question later. So I'm going to stop talking and volley over <laughs> Emily. But I just think that's important and key for everybody to know the more you can integrate all of your content areas together, the less heavy the lift is going to yes. be to make this shift. I found I had more time this year for the content areas that I always am complaining around this time of year saying, oh, I have so much left that I haven't gotten to. And just the freedom to integrate that actually allowed me more time. And I feel like they have a deeper, more meaningful understanding of that content because of their experiences with it in guided reading and shared reading and writing and doing a tech project that relates to it and some kind of choice activities when it's a full part of your day that just builds such a wealth of background knowledge for them. They feel more ownership of the content because that definitely has become a part of their full day. All right, Kate. So since you've already been towing the line into this world and maybe even like planning a foot firmly in answering this question already, I'm just going to go ahead and take us all the way in there. So what are some things that you've done outside of some of the things you've already mentioned or in conjunction with some of the things that you've already mentioned to make this blended learning type of instruction routine, day-to-day, -day, ongoing parts of your everyday work? Well, I started slowly and I feel like that was really important because I think I spent a lot of time in the beginning sort of angsting about how is this going to look for me? What's the template? How do I create this? And, and really, ultimately, I had just had to kind of find my own footing on the way it would work for me. So slowly growing over time and for that to be a process that I'm still firmly continuing to 
grow more over time, find better ways to integrate things, incorporating more meaningful projects, student voice and choice in their learning, making the best use of the time and really individualizing for the wide array of interests and abilities in my classroom that ultimately next year will be a totally new batch of students with their own new set of needs and abilities. Also, I really am just scratching the surface of all these wonderful resources professionally out there. I have done an online course with Catlin Tucker and also read her book, Blended Learning in Action. And Swoon. Uh, yes. Uh, Jenny's amazing. professional hall pass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's kind of amazing. And yes, and also we did Casey Bell Shakeup Learning blended learning with Google because we are a Google district. And I found that to be really, really helpful and user-friendly for me because it also just affirmed a lot of what I already not only have been doing this year, but also had been doing in previous years that actually qualifies as blended learning. So it sort of just continues moving me further along in that spectrum towards a, a really well-blended classroom. And we're working the team who's also piloting blended learning at my school and I are doing lunch and learns with other staff that are interested in integrating that into their practices either this spring or in the fall. So we're really excited to be getting a great response of a lot of teachers that just wanted to know what we've been up to this year in the pilot, how it's been going and how they can make that work for themselves. And I definitely feel like I work at a wonderful school full of really brilliant educators, and I'm so excited for what I'm going to learn from them as they reflect on their own practices and say, oh, this actually is already blended learning that I'm doing. And again, we'll be in the process together and, and continuing to learn from each other as we grow in this. Katie, I really like what you're talking about there with the amount of growth and personal investment it takes to find the strategies that work for you and trying them out and talking through in your groupings of teacher teams. But the other thing that you talked about with your students having that voice and agency that we often hear from teachers, and I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are on this from your perspective with the age group that you work with, is the challenges that possibly you've noticed from your kids, what challenges are they having with this new style of class? Because when I got students, it was like they'd had 10 years of school under their belts. You have kids that are coming to you with four to five years. Yes. Do you notice them having any challenges right now? Because it, we know as educators, it's worth it for them to persist through some of the challenges that they're not used to, because some of them are used to playing school in the traditional sense. So when they get a teacher like you, that's kind of giving them a curveball. What does that look like? It definitely was a mind shift for several of them in the beginning. I think some were excited from the get-go and some were a little confused, like, what, what's the deal in here? And really, I was very open with them about the fact what I was doing. I explained to them what blended learning was and what some of the things we were going to be doing that year in terms of less pencil, paper tests, and more projects, more ways to show what you're learning, more opportunities for you to choose how you want to explain something, and really being big on showing them that they have a voice and they have the ability to choose whenever possible has really helped them feel very connected to the things we're doing and also 
has built their confidence. I, I really think they're invested in the things that we're doing, seeing them be leaders and help each other. And as we try new experiences and tech tools as avenues to try something new or show our learning and just watching them jump into it now and we foster this environment that allows them to realize that even me, I am learning something new and I'm making plenty of mistakes. And also just encouraging them to be metacognitive about their learning as I am as well. I've had them do a survey this year about how blended learning was going and not just saying, oh, how is it going for you? But just asking them about how they felt about their own abilities in math or their own abilities in reading and what sorts of ways of learning have worked best for them. So I've tried to be really responsive to their input as well and for them to realize that their opinions and perceptions about their own learning not only should matter to them, but really matter to me as well. And I use that input to tweak my practices. So it's definitely was a shift. And I think Again, coming off of pandemic learning where it has been a couple fractured years, I felt like this was a great opportunity to sort of reinvent what they think of education as and hopefully make this their last year of elementary to be something that has been full of meaningful experiences. Yeah, I just wanted to point out and highlight strategies that you just mentioned right there to help anybody that's working through blended learning as a new mindset themselves and with their classes is when your students are challenged in any sense is really to touch on that metacognitive practice and getting them thinking about their own thinking and their own processes and the way they learn and giving them those opportunities. And the other thing I was noticing was that you were, and not to bring another past episode back into the mix, but I'm thinking of that fail forward mentality. So in the episode that we had done about failure, we talked about the idea of, and Casey has mentioned this a lot too, the idea of students and teachers failing together, learners Mm -hmm. and the people that are guiding them through their learning to be comfortable with the fuzziness, to make mistakes grow from mistakes. So in modeling that brain shift for yourself, where the students are watching you try something new and watching your practice take shape and take feedback and look different and reactively become better throughout the year based on the feedback that you're getting models what you want them to be doing with their own formative feedback that they're doing in their own work. So that's another thing that's really powerful, but blended, especially when you're just trying it out, A lot of people shy away from those gray areas or that fuzziness, but it does create more of that fail forward culture in a class. And it sort of creates a mindset, a classroom mindset that we're all learners and that we're all a work in progress. I mean, even next year, I'll be further along than I was this year, hopefully. But at the same time, I'm sure there'll be many things about it five years from now that I'll look back and say, oh, wow, I've really come much further. And that's my hope is that I will continue to keep growing and adapting with that. And so we've talked a lot about what's bringing you joy right now with blended learning and how you define joy. What was it? The big word? Homeostatic oh, balance. Oh, oh, homeostatic <laughs> balance. Yeah. <laughs> the homeostatic of excitement balance. and satisfaction. <laughs> so let's bring it full circle back to even thinking that in terms of the context of blended learning, but also just in your practice, in the context of your professional life. But you could even touch on personal in this question. How do you share that joy with others? That homeostatic what was it? <laughs> Balance of excitement Balance. and satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. How do you share that with others? You've talked about your teacher teaming. You've talked a little bit about that already. But what else is out there for you? 
Well, I mean, I guess on an informal basis, I mean, really knowing that this has brought me that level of joy where I will just get in these very, very long, super nerdy conversations with people. Thank goodness for M because for many reasons, <laughs> but, but also I get a lot of that out with her. And when I work through figuring out things and thinking, reflecting on successes and failures as we talk about our day and talk about how things went with students, but also just spreading the word about how it's going with other teachers at my school, even at the copier or stopping by in the morning at the mailbox and just being very transparent about my experiences, not just as holding myself up as some poster child, but also holding myself up as the hot mess, but trying my best that I always really try to be and that this is really exciting for me and that this is something that I feel very passionate about sharing with others. So on a more formal basis at the school, my team that is piloting blended learning and I are doing lunch and learns where we're going through the concepts that were talked about in the Casey Bell book, The Blended Learning with Google, and helping the teachers talk about some of those reflective questions that were at the end of each chapter to assess their own practices and also see what of what they're already doing is blended learning and looking forward into maybe trying a few things at the end of this year with their existing classes or even planning towards next year ways to move themselves further along in this process and become more of informally supporting or coaching that in any ways that we can based on our own experiences. And I also would like to, this summer, do a bit more professional reading and continue going down the Catlin Tucker book collection and just scouring online all the wonderful ideas. My favorite sister has made me join Twitter, which I love, but I'm just scratching the surface of what's all out there. And I'm really excited to look into that more this summer and just see the really great things that people across the globe are doing using blended learning. And I'm just really excited to continue learning and come back next year and hit the ground running with this. In there, you just got yourself another hashtag, hot mess, trying my best. <laughs> I know. I was like, consider that stolen, Katie. <laughs> that I will maybe give you attribution, but yeah. I didn't invent I, it. I, I heard it from somewhere, but it is very fitting. The other hilarious comment that I just have to make is that our resident yogi forgot the word balance. Just wanted to I know. say that as well. <laughs> I'm just thrown off so much by the homeostatic. Is that even the word <laughs> status? Static? I don't even know. It's like it broke your brain in that <laughs> short little so word. Much it was, I just not enough yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So Katie, we're just going to ask you one or two quick, more personal questions right now to segue before our game. So we have gotten to know, obviously, your sister incredibly well, but now it's your turn in the GLG hot seat. What's something that others might find boring that you absolutely love and fills you up and gives you that feeling of joy? Oh my gosh. I love reading YA literature. And again, I I really want to be that model of getting excited about novels and reading with my students. So I will just dig into books that are written for 10 and 11 year olds with as much enthusiasm as I would if they were written towards adults. And I feel like a little part of me moves back to that, the inner fifth grader in me too. I always loved reading and just really got absorbed in a 
in a good book. So I would say definitely reading books that are intended for an audience much younger than me is definitely something that <laughs> that I love to do. And also uh, any of those silly hurdle games. I mean, I know those are kind of sweeping the nation, but I, I get a little overly into those, like every single one in the morning where I'm sending out my scores to certain friends and things like that. So again, I, I know that I am totally being a tool about it, but I am just fully embracing that. <laughs> I can vouch for that as the recipient of the 5 a.m. hurdle, yes, wordle, yes. quirtle. yes. <laughs> There they all come. <laughs> yes. And then given what you just said about YA, asking for a friend, what is your stance on Twilight? <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> hey, now. Not a fan. I'm sorry. Yes. Roslyn <laughs> has been thrown. Sorry. But I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. This is not going to be I am. Judgment. But it's fine. You knew that. Okay. Okay. He's judging you, but I am not. <laughs> That's all right. I got people in my camp. They're just not on the screen right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. and then finally last question is when you hear lots of folks talk about sel and modeling sel practices for students one of the common ones that comes up is exercising a gratitude practice so we're going to transition now by giving you space to express what's something you're really really grateful for right now well Lots of things, but professionally, one of the people in here right now, I'm grateful for you too, Casey and Jenny, and getting to know you, but really, truly, I wouldn't be half of the teacher I was if it weren't for my sister, because she is not only one of the closest people to me in the whole world, but she's just always my sounding board for every idea, every quandary, and she's coached me countless hours and really again, helped push me in in the right ways and and challenged me and really made me feel excited about this next chapter of my career and how I continue to learn and grow. And I really, really don't think I could be doing it without my individual coaching sessions every day from approximately 7.15 to 7.55. That is huge for me. And also my own family level, just my husband and kids My children are little, but my husband knows how important this is to me. And sometimes this has required a lot of long hours of planning, but he knows how committed I am to this and how excited this has made me and really invigorated my career. And he's been very supportive about making sure that I get the time and that the hours to just focus on what I need to do and and really tackle some of those longer projects that make it a quality experience. So uh, really, you know, it, it takes a village. And I think the fact that, you know, I've had a great deal of support from my own building administration, the district administration, that that freedom to grow and thrive as a teacher and, and find your own path and working at a school where just very, very dedicated educators that continue to look for new solutions to meet students' needs. And it, it's just a really exciting time. And I feel so grateful that I can feel this way during a time that has been so frustrating, so overwhelming. And those feelings are still there for me, absolutely, on certain days or certain, you know, the lesson totally bombs and things like that. I mean, I am human. I'm not some just happy robot, like living my life. But <laughs> but really, I am happier than I've ever been. And I'm also working harder than I've ever been. But I think that's where that joy piece comes in. 
I love that so much because it brings me back to my first couple of probably semesters of trying blended learning, Katie. And it's like you have that natural high from blended learning practices that you get, right? There's like that glow about you. And for anybody that's on the fence about do I have the time or should I has been thinking about and it hasn't really delved into what blended learning can do, it brings the joy back. It does it brings the joy back. And I don't I don't know how else to say it unless you yeah. actually live it, right? The blended learning state of mind, it, it will mm-hmm. revolutionize just your classroom and the way you feel about teaching. And, and I would also mention to anyone, I say this a lot, but I'm going to say it again, guild up and find your people. And I'm so mm-hmm. lucky that my people are the people that are here. And Katie, I think I get as much out of our morning conversations as you do. If not more, I get practice coaching. And I also get to get a scope into a world that is not my world, but to see some really awesome instructional practices occurring through your eyes really brings a lot to my world as a coach, as a professional, and just as your sister. I'm so dang proud of you. So it's so nice. Thank you. Oh, the, sorry to break up the love fest, but we will now <laughs> play a game. <laughs> All right. Let's bring this back to this cutthroat place. Yes. yes. Go back go. to the place that's back to the cynical world. <laughs> so we're going to be playing for our listeners out there, a blended learning theme edition of the game Just One. It's a relatively new party game, but essentially we all will receive one word. We'll have an active player. And most of the words on our blended learning list have already been stated here this evening. So Katie, as our resident guest, would you like to be the active player first or be a part of the peanut gallery and help our active player guess the first word? You know, let, let's let's go all in. Let, I'll be an active player. Active uh, player. Okay, perfect. So the way this works is you will simply tell me a number. I have the two lists here. Numbers one through five. Three. Three. Okay. So Emily and Jenny, I will be sharing with the two of you our word that we have to get to guess. And for our listeners, she's texting us right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You got it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we can now only give Katie single word clues in order to get her to guess the actual word. I got my word. I hope it's not the same as yours. I've got a word. <laughs> I've got multiple words. Am I only allowed to pick one? You are. Oh, that's why it's called just one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just one. <laughs> So now what we're going to do, everybody has our words. Katie, we're going to have you leave to our imaginary green room. You are not going to be able to hear or see us as we go back and forth and share our words to figure out if we have any repeats. If we have any repeats, we are unable to provide our active player guest with those clues. Okay, so head to the green room. Sounds good. Yes. So listeners are still with us. You'll hear what we're about to share, but Katie right now is not involved. So I have friends, the word partner. Ooh. I have team. I have group work. You can only do one word. But isn't group work one word like homework? I thought it was two. Okay, then I'll just say group. Okay. We will be bringing Katie back from our auditory green room. Where did she go? (laughs) Like, literally, she got up. <laughs> she went to the green room, guys. Like, do, do, don't you do, all know do, this do, is do, not happening do, in a basement? Do, do, do. Hey, oh, come, she back. Is, yeah. come back. 
<laughs> She's like peeking in the corner. <laughs> I did text her to come back. Okay. Well, I, was, I was hanging out at the side, but I was waiting for the giant, the giant barrage of waiting. The flailing. Arms. We were yes. like, she walked away. Where did she go? <laughs> no, I was, I was literally off to the side waiting for the waiting. Okay. Arms. So good. We have right. really good craft service in our imaginary green room and you were indulging there yes. oh, yes. all right so you ready for your first clue i think jenny so. provide the first clue team emily group and mine is partner collaborate or collaboration Yay! 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 <laughs> so technically it's collaboration as the guest you also get a little bit of a nudge there so tell her what she wins it. casey beach uh you win 17 <laughs> broken chromebooks congratulations <laughs> thank you just what i always wanted <laughs> who else wants to be active player Tricky. Should we do me as sister coach or should we have Jenny sister as coach. The other, other sister coach? coach. Let's do it. Let's see. All right. As for Christmas head. bragging rights. <laughs> okay. Emily, please pick a number one through five. One. Let me know if once you receive the words. Okay. Oh, Tell here it is. I have to... it. I am ready. Okay. As am I. Bye. <laughs> Emily is now in the virtual, virtual green room. Virtual green room. Yep. <laughs> so my word is bored. Like bored like O A R D. There's Emily's laugh. You think she's in the room. <laughs> Don't applaud this. Awesome. <laughs> I have option. I was going to put that, but I'm glad I put selection. <gasps> I was going to put selection. Ah, oh, good. Good, good, good. I'm glad. So for our listeners out there, it would be entirely possible if the three of us had the same word that Emily would have to take a shot in the dark. But thankfully, she won't have to do that. All right. We're going to bring her back from the imaginary green room. Back Contestant in. number two, are you ready? Great craft services. I can <laughs> The coffee was to die for, right? <laughs> coffee, delicious sweets. Awesome. <laughs> Only the best. Katie, you go first. Selection. Jenny. Option. And board. Choice. Yay! Yay! I feel like, Jenny, we must now do a tiebreaker Ooh. to see both of them will go <laughs> into the green room Ooh. and it'll be between you and I. Ooh, I like, okay. I like. Okay. Sister so showdown. Showdown. Sister group think. <laughs> and Jenny, you pick a number, one through five. I got to choose my lucky number four. Okay. Got it? Yes. But okay. now we both go and you two now have to have us two guess. Although, yes. I'm not sure how I win this, but we'll figure this out. <laughs> we say it at I the same win. time in the same voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not creepy. Hey, All right. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Have fun in the green room, ladies. Oh, Part of me wants to screw with them. <laughs> Same word. <laughs> put your word down. I'll put my word and we'll just I let Kate have it. Okay. My word is target. Outcome. <gasps> okay. You ready? Bring it back from the green room. Okay. First person to buzz in. And by buzz, you can go beep, 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 beep. <laughs> First person to buzz it in wins. Jenny, what's your word? Outcome. Target. Boop, boop, boop. 
Oh, oh Emily, in case anybody doesn't know. <laughs> it was Katie. It was actually Katie. <laughs> well <right>. played. <laughs> I'm going to say objective. Katie, do you want to buzz in? Because that is incorrect. Oh! I would be lying if I said that actually wasn't the same exact thing I was going to say. <laughs> Talk about sister group thing right there. We were sharing a brain as we tend to do sometimes. So the word was goal. Oh. Yeah. So we're you both, both losers. Yeah, we're oh, both losers. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Two out of three isn't bad. Yes. You have to return your broken Chromebooks. Oh. Actually, you can split your prize with your sister. So oh. you each now get Yay. sharing is caring. Eight and a half broken yes. Chromebooks. You know how much I love broken Chromebooks. <laughs> All right. So Kate, before we are finished here, the one thing I want to give you the opportunity to do is to share your social media contact. I know you you mentioned you're a Twitter rookie, but share that with our listeners as well. Well, my Twitter will get eventually more active with the help of my sister. My Twitter is Katie J. Gabor, and I am planning to continue learning from other people out there in the blended learning trenches and continue posting the amazing things that I'm seeing the students do and a lot of the takeaways I'm trying to have as well. So again, so excited that I finally got a chance to share you with our listeners and with my guild. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us tonight, Kate. Thank you all. And thank you so much, Katie, for just reinvigorating and sharing your joy and passion with our listeners. It's been a blast. Katie, I feel like it is about time that I meet my work wife's sister. I mean, we are yes. almost like sister-in-law. Sister-in-law. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and I was saying to Em, because I have heard so much about you both from your work together. And also, I'm a huge fan of the podcast, not just because she's my sister, but because it's one heck of a podcast. So I feel like in a way, you guys are my edgy celebrities that I'm following. So it really <laughs> felt very exciting to be in the mix with some people I really, really respect and admire. Oh, that's, that's so nice of you to say. And I, <laughs> I will talk blended learning with you any day, Katie. Anytime. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I know. That. I was really seeing like sparks, blended learning, like boom, boom, boom. Like, yes. yeah, okay, so a taste of what's to come in upcoming episodes of the Grounded Learners Guild. With this episode, saying farewell to our Talk Nerdy Till Me series, but we've really had a blast sharing all the joy and passion that our guests have brought with our listenership. And we actually have a few more episodes for listeners that are just going to go back to our more typical format before we say farewell to season two and this school year and be on to the summer pop culture stuff. So thanks again for joining us for this series. And we can't wait to share more stuff with you this season. And that's it for this episode of the Grounded Learners Guild. Many thanks to you for choosing to engage with our guild's content as we passionately continue to advocate for adult learners with transparent conversations about the world of education, impactful leadership, and the power of high-functioning teaming. If you'd like to connect with the Guild, the power of the PLN continues. You can find us on our website, thegroundedlearnersguild.com, and on Twitter, at GroundedLGuild, at CVeacher, at TechCoachM, and at Jenny Labrie, using the hashtag GLGPodChat. Feedback is a powerful tool that allows us to be responsive to the topics that matter to you most. If you haven't yet already, or if you're finding us for the first time, how about leaving us a review? It helps us to improve our work, allows us to bring you quality and customized content, and assists others in finding our guild as well. 
Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream. Thanks again for joining us, Casey, Emily, and me, Jenny, in today's episode of the Grounded Learners Guild. See you at the next Guild meeting. And in the meantime, do your best to stay grounded. <laughs>